Hey you guys, it's Lauren. I'm here for the newest episode of Run That Ish Back, a podcast run by me, myself, and I. Um, as you know, if you follow me on Instagram, last week this time I turned 30, so I'm out of my 20s. I'm now the big 3-0. I don't think it really comes with a different feeling immediately, but I am very much so excited for my 30s because I keep hearing that like 30s are like your 20s with more of a better understanding, more money, you know, yeah. So I'm just excited to see where it goes. Um... If you know anything about me, you know that I love birthdays. I think sometimes as adults, people don't get excited about their birthdays, but like I get excited. I do countdowns. I remind people around me and I just be ready to celebrate. Um, So this year was a really big year for me, not because I was only turning 30, but you know, last year we had the pandemic. So birthdays were kind of canceled. So this year I really wanted to bring people together mainly people that were vaccinated and people that were taking clear precautions so no virus um, was spread. But yeah, so I had like two separate events. Um, On my birthday, I had like a little kickback at my house. It was called the L Classic. It was a play or play on um, the Polo Classic. So it was a cute little theme, lots of pinks and yellows. Um, yeah, I had like the little champagne glasses. We had the champagne. We had like small little food, good music, good vibes. It was just really a good time. Um, yeah, I was really happy about it. My birthday was like full with love. So I started a new job in October. Um, and yeah, despite me starting a new job, like my supervisor, my immediate supervisor and like my principal and the team really showed me love. Like I got like several cakes. I got, um, Chipotle for lunch. People sung me happy birthday multiple times. It was just like a real good celebration. I can say like on my birthday, I felt love from the very beginning till the time that I passed out and fell asleep. So yeah, it was a really good birthday. I think it was a great way to bring in a new, you know, year and a new series of time and changes in my life. So yeah, it was a really good time. Um, what I can say is that at my birthday celebration, I just realized that sometimes like the people that you wouldn't expect to show up for you really do show up for you. And like you have to sometimes give those people a chance to be there for you and really like celebrate you. And I felt like on my birthday, I was really being celebrated. People came from the city to New Jersey and although like New Jersey and New York are it's only like 12 miles apart the transportation to get here is sometimes a task and people took that task for me and like just came to see me and celebrate me it felt really good like my best friend jasmine was here from dc um my best friend nikki called me multiple times just so she could sing happy birthday to me as always my father sung me happy birthday yeah nigel called me at midnight it was just a really good vibe ebony did a great job of like bringing my vision into life and it was just all love um yeah and I think the next day not I think but like (laughs) the next day I went to Tulum for a couple of days for my birthday and what I can say is that y'all I loved it because I love being in water I love getting tans I have never been like the child that wanted to be lighter I always wanted to be darker so Tulum was like the perfect place for me to get the tan um the Airbnb I stayed at had a pool on the main level and a pool on my personal rooftop and it was just everything. As soon as I woke up in the morning, I went to the pool. As soon as I like finished eating, I went to the pool because I just wanted to be outside. And it was just a great vibe. 
I can say that like planning and doing group trips is a task. It is a task and group dynamics are everything. And like, this is just a insight on who I am. Um, I sometimes see people on Instagram or see people in real life like with these big friend groups and I'd be like, oh, I want that. I want that. I want to go on these big trips. I want to have a good time. I want to turn up. And in reality, it just never (laughs) really happens for me. Like I have like a very small knit group of friends and I think what I'm really pushing myself to do in like 30 and moving forward is appreciating my small group and really nurturing that relationship and not really desiring for someone else's reality. Um, Because what I can say from my trip is like being a host is a very like tiresome job. Like I feel like you have to entertain people. You have to like have everything planned out. And that's not really how I vacation. I'm someone that likes to relax. And relaxing doesn't mean that I'm just at the house all day. It could be like I'm going out to a resort or I'm going to like a day party. I like to do that. Um, And I don't really do real good with like strict schedules. So that's something I didn't enjoy about the trip. I just felt like me and Ebony were the host and we had to figure everything out. And that's not like the type of responsibility I wanted. I also realized that at like 29 going into 30, as much as I say I want, like, the turn up and I want the big cruise, I don't. i rather just have, like, an intimate setting with, like, close people I'm with and just, like, just having a good time. People that really know me. And sometimes that doesn't always happen because, as y'all know, my birthday falls at the first of the month. And if you got to decide between your rent or my trip, always choose your rent because I'm not going to be able to help you, baby, if you, get kicked, if you get kicked out. So, like, I'm always iffy about that. But what I can say is, like, I really enjoy myself in Tulum. I guess I can give you all another episode about Tulum because Tulum in itself is an experience, an interesting experience, but it's an experience (laughs) to say the least. Um, But yeah, that's what I did on my birthday. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. If you see me, my tan is everything. Um, I kind of look like Nunu. I have like, um, I have red undertones. So like the brown is like on everything. And then like the red undertone is coming through. So, yeah, I just hope to get more of a tan over the summer. Um, But what I can say about summer is that I think I'm going to be very, uh, what can I say? I'm going to be very cautious of who and what I'm doing in the summer, having a good time, but, like, being very picky about who I'm having a good time with. And also, like, I think I don't think I'm going to post as much of my good time on Instagram. I think I just want to live in the moment, and I really just want to be around people that I love being around and show me love. I just don't really want to, like, fake the vibes anymore. I just really want to be around good vibes, good people, and this summer is going to be epic, but I think at this age, epic doesn't always mean that it has to be seen online, and that's where I'm moving. That may change, but, like, right now, I'm just at the point where, yeah, I don't really want to share I don't really want to be around that many people. I want to be around a certain amount. And it has nothing to do about the other person. It's just like, this is what I want to do. And I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, So on this episode, I wanted to focus on the lessons that I had learned before 30. So I have about 10 lessons. And these are lessons that may have been 
learn multiple times because I am a person that hasn't always learned a lesson one time. I've had to repeat a few lessons because life is a journey. Um, And so, yeah, these are just some lessons that I think are valuable to me and I just wanted to share. So let's get into it. So lesson number one. Um, The first one I have is go where you are watered. Um, And when I say that, I think instantly, like, people think about, like, relationships, like um, boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend. And I think it's true in that case, but I think sometimes we forget that, like, nerd. Being nurtured and watered is important in all relationships. So it could be your work relationship. It could be your friendships. It can be in like your personal relationships. And what I've learned is that a lot of times I've been in places where I haven't necessarily been watered or I have been stunted or I couldn't be my full self in it. Like I couldn't understand why things were just going wrong. And the thing about it, it was like, it's not necessarily that it's something wrong with the other person or the organization. It's just not where I need to be. Because when I've gone into places where like things just click and work, you're able to tell the difference in things. And what I can say is that you don't have to endure hardship and pain just to get the desirable life you want. You can get the desirable life you want and thrive and do well and have peace if you're in the right area or you're around the right people. Um, it's very much so burdensome to like have to constantly be around people where you feel as though like you're being dried out, like you're being stunted, where you feel like you're dying inside. And I think we have to be very peculiar about who we surround ourselves with, who we work for, what we choose to believe in and how we how these things show up. And if they show up in a way where you feel tired and you don't feel as motivated, maybe you need to shift to a better community because ultimately your community affects everything around you. It affects your mental, your spiritual, your emotional. And yeah, I can say that I have been in relationships, workspaces that just did nothing for me. And now that I'm in a place right now, both relationships, some friendships um, and workplace where I now feel like, oh, this is what I've been looking for, um, I'll never go back. And just because like going where your water doesn't mean everything's perfect. It doesn't mean that like you don't have things that are still desirable, but you realize that like this one particular place is doing more for you like all together, you're becoming better as a whole person than you ever were at the other place. So I think going where you're watered is very important. Going where you're loved is very important. Going where you feel as though you're valued. Going where you feel safe. Like just going into places where you feel good, where you feel as though you can be your best self is beyond important. And knowing when to transition from those places that no longer serve you. Because as we grow and develop as people, sometimes things shift and what you thought was good for you is no longer good for you. So just being always cautious of that and just, you know, shifting as you need to, pivoting. The second lesson I learned is you are more than what you produce. Um, And I mean this especially for women, black women in particular. I am someone that has lived by like a checklist, meaning like, okay, you graduated high school at 18. Now you're going to college. Try to graduate from college in three years. Do these things in college so it looks good on like your resume. Graduate from college and then instantly enter grad school. Get out of grad school, get a job, work a job, do well at that job, get another degree. 
excel like you're a teacher now you need to be a coach now you need to be a principal and you know always like thinking about the next thing and I realized that a lot of times I was striving for things because of my ego like oh this is the next level on the ladder so I should be striving for that but it wasn't really aligned to like who I really wanted to be I had like built my identity and everything that I was able to produce and the quality of work I was or who I showed up as a friend or like how good of a mother I was and I think in particular like especially in the workplace black women are always like qualified but what they have obtained or produced or created and I think that's dangerous because we as humans are enough by ourselves and we don't need like these status quos or these other ideas of like professionalism or strength or growth to really be like oh Lauren's a good person or Lauren is deserving of things I recently read the book by um, Brene Brown uh, you are your best Thing. Um, and in one of those little stories, it was just like um, deserving. And it solicits the idea that like you have to do something to get something in return. And having a community of people loving you, protecting you, bringing you joy is not something that you have to deserve. It's something that is inherent. It's something that um, that you naturally should receive. And I think sometimes as like a black woman, especially myself, I have to shift my thinking to understanding that like, I don't have to like stress myself out, bend over backwards, always have to be 10 times better just to be worthy. I am worthy in myself alone. If I never produce anything else, I am still very much so worthy. And and I think, like, as a person, it's a task of, like, trying to shift my thinking because as someone that's a professional, um, a perfectionist or someone that's always striving for more, like, when I do fail or I do mess up, I'm really hard on myself. And I think what I'm trying to do as I get older is, like, shift it and be like, it is what it is. I'm not going to show up, a, show up as a shit show every day, but if shit happens, oh, well, I just have to clean it up and move on. Like... If I can't meet a deadline, I have to own the fact that I can't meet a deadline, share that with other people, ask for support, and move on, you know? Like, just telling yourself that you're enough. And being enough doesn't mean that you've earned a doctorate. Being enough doesn't mean that, you know, you've clocked in the most hours within the workday. Because at the end of the day, none of that shit even matters. That's a whole nother episode. You can do all of this and still nothing even matters. Number three. Do what you want for life without any fear or concern of others. And that right there is a lot. Um, and when I say fear of others, I mean, like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, live your truth. And living your truth is a a very complicated task because it takes a lot of reflection. It takes a lot of choices. It takes a lot of, like determining what's your truth or what has been influenced um, as your truth and just, you know, living in that because we're a society where, like, if you're outside or you're a misfit, it's uncomfortable. Like, outside of, like, Rihanna or something, like, who's a misfit? No one's really in their real life just trying to be a misfit. And if you are, it comes, like, with real burdens and tasks and just trying to figure out how you want to navigate that. But I'm learning especially as someone that has like now dating a woman that is now identifying with like the lesbian community 
and like being fearful of how people perceive that. Um, I think it's important to just do what you want with your life because ultimately everybody's living their life based on their own terms. And many people are not giving a fuck about what other people think about it. And I have learned that, yes, I may still care what people say, but my caring or my concern about what they say isn't going to influence how I move. Um, it's just, it's, it's a place in my life right now where, like, i rather be happy than, like, fit in a box that's not even my box. Like, my happiness may bring other people discomfort because it's not who they thought I was, but that has nothing to do with me. Like, I have to live my life based on my truths and just keep it moving. So I think as I have become older and have made mistakes and realized that the world doesn't end once you make a mistake, I think it's really important to, like, really live the life that you want to live and stop trying to live lives that others want you to live. And the next uh, lesson I learned is to trust yourself. You can't do number three of like living your life without fear, without trusting yourself. And I can say that although I say these are lessons that I learned before 30, these are still lessons that I'm still learning all the time because trusting myself is sometimes a hard task because I suffer from like imposter syndrome or like I suffer from like being influenced by what other people say, like getting into my head, especially people I care about. Like if they say something, I begin to like contemplate if like what I believe is what I believe. And I think, especially as women, especially as me being a black woman, as me being a mother, um, it's really important for me to trust myself and know that like my intuition or my thoughts are valid and like I am all that I am and I can do all that I want to do. Number five is really big. Um, because I haven't always had these, but boundaries is a form of self-care. And when I think about boundaries, I ultimately think about family. I think we can have boundaries in every area of our life, but a lot of us don't have boundaries with family because it's kind of hard to have boundaries with family when those are like the people that you know, because those are the people that you think care and love you the most. But a lot of times I've learned that the people that care and know you the most can be the most dangerous because they feel as though they have the most access and privilege to tell you certain things. And what I've learned, especially from like one of my friends, Alice, she wrote me a book a few years ago about boundaries. And this boundaries is a form of self-care because if you don't have limits or access points that people can use or not use, you're basically making yourself like, uh, open, always available to what people say or feel and them, them putting those things on you. Kind of like you're like a board and like you're just telling people to place their sticky notes on you whenever they feel like it. And it just becomes a draining thing. It can be, it can really fuck with who you are as a person and it's just dangerous. Um, I think another thing about boundaries is like don't lower your expectations. Surround yourself with people who can meet them. A lot of times I can say, especially in like friendships and like platonic relationships, I have lowered my expectations because I was like, oh, I just want a friend. I just want a partner. And by doing that, I ultimately suffered because I wasn't really happy or they'll do things that bother me and I didn't want to make a big deal about it. And what I realized is that there is a person out there that is willing to meet your standards or to do what you desire or be the friend that you want or be the partner that you want without any question. Like, 
But sometimes we force ourselves to believe that we got to continue to prove or communicate with people about why you want to be treated a certain way. But there are people that are freely willing to do or respect you at the point where like there's no conversation needed. So instead of lowering your expectations, just surround yourself with people who can meet them. Surround yourself with people that have done the self-work to understand that boundaries are important. Or surround yourself with people that are freaking just healthy fucking human beings that just understand that certain shit is not cool. And if people can't do that, cut them off. And cutting people off doesn't always have to be like some big argument or anything. It could just be simple as like, oh, I've attempted to have this relationship with you. It seems like our relationship is unhealthy, so I'm moving on. There's no bad blood. It's just like we're just not aligned with each other. And I think when I was younger, especially in college and like before 25, possibly before 28, Ending friendships always seemed like it was a conflict. And what I'm realizing now is that it's not conflict. I don't have any bad blood towards you. And half the time, it doesn't even have to be an end. It's just like, I just don't fuck with you as heavy anymore. Like, if I'm not texting you as much or I'm not inquiring about chilling, it's no bad blood. I just don't like the energy I have around you. Um, and even, like, with parents, I've put in boundaries with my parents wherein, like, certain things are just off the table of discussing. And it has been really hard um, because as someone that has heavily depended on their parents financially, um, as someone that knows that, like, at the end of the day, I can live the way I live because I have my parents as, like, a, a fallback plan, it's been somewhat dangerous because then using my parents for a fallback plan means that they are able to have opinions about my lifestyle, which allows them to say things that are not necessarily needed. And what I realized is that once I finally stopped, like, depending on my parents and asking them for money or, you know, asking them for resources, like, boundaries were a little more clear because I had transitioned from being, like, a little kid that needed them to, like, an adult that's able to say, oh, if I do ask you for support, this is why and this is how I plan to repay you um but yeah it's a task I struggle with putting the boundaries every day but like I realize that the more I practice boundaries the more I practice standing up for myself or more I practice like using my voice it becomes easier lesson number six lifting people up and I say this all the time and I think I've even said it on this episode I would not be where I am in life without people lifting me up or giving me opportunities um, because like my whole life is a whole lift up session. Like if I think back to childhood, you know, my parents have lifted me up. My parents have put me in groups of people that have ultimately like influenced who I am or like given me a privilege that others have not had. As an adult in the workforce, almost every career turn I've had there's been like a black woman that has played a role in me advancing or moving along yes I've done my part but it's also been like other women that have like given me the tools to be a better person whether it was like when it comes to like my maturity or my attitude or giving me the skills of like oh Lauren you're good at this but this is how you can make it better um the soft skills and you know it's always been someone that has, like, reached back and found me worthy enough to, like, give me the feedback or the experience or the tools needed to become better. And I think sometimes we get in a place where we're at the top and we're like, oh, we're here and that's fine. But you have to think about going back to help other people. Just because it was hard for you to get there doesn't mean that you need to make it hard for other people. That's the trauma that we have to stop, especially in the black community. If you are in the position to help someone else, 
and they are like not even necessarily deserving but they will appreciate it and they will do what they need to do to keep whatever you're giving them reach back and help that person because just think about if I just think about like where I was in life and if no one gave me an opportunity I don't necessarily know where I would be um and I think we all just have a responsibility to like just reach back and reach back in whatever way we can. It doesn't mean that you're always giving money. It could be like, oh, I know this is you're struggling with this. This is a way that you can do better. Or I know this person, maybe you can speak with them. Or I did this and it might be helpful to you. And I personally feel like I have a responsibility to help others. Like even like students I teach or people that I work with that may have not been in education as long as me, I always give advice about, oh, there's a better way to do this or you can do that or just listening and offering support. Because like at the end of the day, I think about especially as a teacher, I didn't know shit my first or second year and people really poured into me for me to be better and ultimately like it kind of impacted who I am today so like I would love to do that for other people because it ultimately makes me feel good inside being able to help other people and I'm able to acknowledge that people have helped me so yeah shout out to Alice Tyndall Hemphill Ashley like (laughs) all these people have really helped me in life and like they're all been black women and yeah they've played a pivotal role in who I am. Number seven, um, and this is something I'm still working on. So these are the lessons I've learned, but I told you that life is a um, evolving thing. So there's a lesson I'm still learning. Forgive yourself. Um, we are, you are more than our mistakes. Um, and I think before 25, I was just a shit show a shit show, a walking shit show that felt as though she was the shit. And I literally was the shit, the shit show. And I did things in a way that I look back now and I cringe and I feel embarrassed. And I don't necessarily like to go back in those communities where I felt as though I embarrassed myself because I think those people still remember. But what I'm learning is that like, you just have to forgive yourself. You did what you did when you felt as though that was all you could do. And I think forgiving yourself takes the process of just like like knowing that we all make mistakes, but we are not our mistakes are not our best not our best selves. Meaning that like who I am in front of you isn't just a combination of all my wins, is a combination of like my wins and losses. And just knowing that it's a process of life because like I can think back to moments where I still feel embarrassed and still feel as though, like, what was that person thinking when I did this? And let like, damn, Lauren, you're a fucking fool. But, like, I'm learning now that in order to move and be better, I have to forgive myself, not seek the forgiveness of others, but just, like, forgive myself and know, like, yeah, you made a mistake, but, like, everyone makes mistakes and move on. Um, Because sometimes I hold myself accountable for those things and it's been years and I'm still holding on to those things. And it's like, what is holding on, holding on to those things doing for you? It's not like you're still doing it. So just keep moving and let it go. Number eight, stop waiting for the right time and just live. Listen, if the pandemic has taught us anything is that, listen, you have to live and find happiness whenever you can. Because think about it. Like we are a group of people that be like, oh, I'm not going to wear this shoe or this outfit until this time. Every day is a special day. Live your life. It is never a right time other than this current moment because you don't ever know what's going to happen. 
You could be waiting for another date for, to do something and then you never make it to that date or something happens and you're like, damn, I should have did this before. Do what you need to do in this current moment. Live the life that you want to live. Have a great time. And just, you know, stop waiting because, like, life is fleeting. <laughs> and you think you have endless amount of time and we don't. And I think that even goes through, like, this idea of doubting that you're not ready or, like, this isn't the time. Kind of like the imposter syndrome. If you take anything from me, please make sure that you are walking in this world with the confidence of a Morehouse man. Because there are people that have less skill set than you, less experiences than you, but they have more confidence than you. And that's why they're able to move and do things that they want to do in this current moment. Move as your best self and stop waiting because there are a lot of people that are waiting and the time never comes because it never seems to be perfect. The time is never going to be perfect, but the time could be down that shifts the life that you have, that you're too fearful because you think that everything is not lined up. Nothing will ever be lined up. Just do what you need to do. Prepare, and, and if you haven't prepared enough, shift as you're moving. Do better as you're moving. Learn as you go, Okay. And I think number nine, the lesson I'm about to say kind of goes against um, stop waiting for the right time. But number nine is take your time. And what I mean by that, because somebody, oh, you just told us to, you know, stop waiting for the right time. I think taking your time is like, let me give you a story. I just told you all about how I'm someone that is very much so like, oh, I've accomplished this. Now I need to accomplish next. And what I can say is that I spent a lot of my youth chasing a dollar meaning like oh i'm making 60,000 how can i make 65 or what can i do to get another degree to make more money and now when i think about it it's like none of that shit matters cuz it's only going to get you but so much what you can really be doing is take your time once it is the time that you decide to do something take your time and really enjoy the moment because what I can say in college I really didn't enjoy college as much because I was thinking about the end of my like oh I have to hurry up and complete I didn't enjoy like some parts of my 20s because I was like oh I have to do this by this certain time and it's not it's not real because I read something by my leak on Instagram and she said don't squander your youth chasing a dollar some things come with time and what I can say is at 30 I haven't accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish by 25 but with time I've accomplished those things and sometimes we just have to stop putting like time dates and limitations and check boxes on things and just like take your time experience these moments dwell in these moments have a good time in these moments and the next things will come because what happens is like you finally get the thing that you wanted and you can't even enjoy it because you're now thinking about the next thing Live in the moment, enjoy those things, and think about, like, how much of the things you have now did you not have and how you felt you would feel when you received them. And ask yourself, am I feeling that way or am I, like, belittling this experience because now I'm looking at something else? Hopefully that makes sense. Last one, number 10, and this is really important, you guys. It's the last one, but it's very important. It's up to you to unlearn. Let me tell you. As children, you learn things based on what your parents told you or what your experience were. And your parents learn things based on their experiences and what was taught to them. If you realize at 25, 32, 45, 30, at any point in your life that what you have learned is no longer what you believe in, 
unlearn that shit. Like, let me tell you something. So I grew up in a very religious household. And when I say religious, I don't mean necessarily spiritual because I think a lot of things was based on routine and not necessarily spirituality. Um, but I grew up in this household where, like, when I first cut my hair off, my mother was like, oh, no, 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 you have to keep your hair. Or I couldn't wear pants to church. Or, like, the idea of me being gay right now is such a broad idea for my mom that she doesn't even speak about it. I was told, I was told like, oh, if you're gay, you're going to hell. Or if you sin, you're going to hell. Or you have to be so fearful of God. And it's, like, it's almost like you're loving God or, you're like, you're following God just out of fear of hell. And what I've learned, especially as an adult that has kind of built her own relationship with God, my relationship with God isn't out of fear or obligation. It is out of, like, knowing that even at my worst self, God still chooses to love me at my at the same. And that might sound so simple, but when you're growing up in a like an experience where you have been taught that like you have to follow God just out of commitment, like, oh, this is what you have to do, and it's not a personal experience, finding yourself to be able to truly say that I choose to love God freely because of him choosing to love me is a very broad idea. And what I can say is that a lot of my beliefs that I have now as an adult, they have been somewhat conflicting because I realized that I only learned these things because this is how I was taught as a child. And now as an adult with different experiences and different viewpoints, I realize that, that aren't those are not my beliefs. And it takes work because like it's it's a, a brain shifter because you're like, oh, I've taught this to be right all the time. And now as an adult, I realize that it isn't right. And am, am I wrong for saying it's, it's not right? No, you're not wrong. You just have to shift your perspective. And that comes with deep work because, like, even, like, living as I do now is a constant battle of, like, knowing what I believe, which is going against what I was taught. And it's just, like, a constant battle, and it's a constant thing of, like, you. it's up to you. You have to unlearn things. And if you realize that the lessons that you learn are no longer serving you, you have to let those things go. Hopefully, these 10 lessons were impactful for you. Um, hopefully, you know, you feel as though you can, um, relate to these beliefs. As you know, I'm now 30. I'm looking forward to the next 50, 80 years I have. I'm also looking forward to today. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to be 30. And these are some of the lessons that I have learned, some of the lessons I'm still learning, and hopefully you can relate. As always, follow my Instagram, Run That Ish Back, or follow my personal page, L First and Last. Leave feedback, leave comments, share it with your friends and family, and ultimately, never stop listening. Thank you guys for checking in. Peace.